Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap, those that are in here and those that are watching. Come on, let's just worship God right now with a hand clap. Come on, you could do better than that. Amen. God has been good to you, hasn't he? Right now is a good time to think about how good God has been to you, how he's been such a blessing in our lives. This is the time of the service where you can partner with us in your giving. And so I ask that you would pray and ask God, how can you be a blessing to our ministry? Just take a moment and just ask God, what and how can I be a blessing in my giving? And as you take that moment, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time of giving, Lord. We thank you for this worship. Father, we ask right now that you would be blessed in our giving, Father. Use it for your glory, Father. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Give back to your people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And while you're giving, you can click on the link below, and then it'll take you right to our online giving. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. I don't know, am I the only one excited today on this glorious Sunday? The sun is shining a little bit. I know it's cold outside. Those that are home in your cozy, resting dwelling places, you ought to just bundle up with someone, grab a pencil, grab a pad, grab your Bibles, and let's go into the Word of God today. We are still in the series, Grace of God, in the book of Galatians. Such an exciting book walking with Paul and his teachings on faith and on grace. Today, we're going to go into the second chapter. If you have your Bibles handy, just turn with me to the book of Galatians, the second chapter, and we're going to start from the first verse. I'll give you just a few seconds to get to that page. You should already be there if you've been studying and following along with us. We ask that you do during the week that you would re-read, that you would re-read what you have heard so that you can be in the know and that you can grow. Be in the know and grow. That's my hip-hop. Be in the know and grow. Amen. Okay, beginning at the first verse, it reads, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. This time with Barnabas, I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure that I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet, not even Titus, 
who was with me was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we had in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, Whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised. Just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, we ask that you would send it forth and that let it return to you empty of void, but to do that which you sent it out to do. We ask that you would open up the hearts and the minds of your people so they can receive a word and be encouraged by you. Father, we understand that we are saved by grace, and we thank you, Lord, for your saving grace. In Christ's name we pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength, my redeemer, let the church say amen. You guys can say amen. We might as well have church. We might as well just have some fun and, and walk through this chapter and, and walk through the word of God together, rejoicing and laughing and having our hearts filled with the love of God. There are three points that I want to uh, bring to your attention while we go through this message. Number one is to stay in the company of believers. It is important that we stay in the company of true believers. Number two is to be prepared to share the true word of God and your faith. Be prepared to share the true word of God and your faith. Number three is you need faith to please God. You need faith to please God. Now here in the first, in this, in this series of scripture, there was a time when the church was growing and the church was, was moving forward and people were coming and joining in and the church was excited to even receive them. Some influential people had joined the churches of Galatians and they had came in and the church took pride in their presence. They was excited to receive them. 
the new members were so capable. They were intelligent. They were sharp. You know, they, they were excited to be amongst believers. And the churches were so glad to receive them that some of them immediately was placed into positions of leadership and teaching. However, these new members had not been truly converted by Christ. Or else their understanding of the gospel was confused. They began to teach that faith alone was not enough to save a person. That a person had to undergo a basic ritual or a religious circumcision or some type of religious act and focus their life upon the law to become acceptable to God. But Paul, he challenged this teaching. Paul answers always would redirect them back to grace. The experience of the Galatian believers disproved that a person, because he was accepted by God's law, that he was saved. He didn't understand that it was grace that saved us through faith. We, the true believers of Christ's teachings, prove that we are justified by grace through faith alone. We need faith. Y'all remember that song? You got to have faith, faith, faith. I got to have faith, faith, faith. I just had to do that. But you have to have faith. You have to believe in God. You, you, you have to trust in his word. And you have to know that you know that he is able and that he exists. You have to know it in your heart. You have to believe it in order to receive it. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 5, it says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. God's love gave us the grace. It, it allowed grace to overshadow us. It allowed grace to go before us. When we mess up, it was that grace that looked beyond your faults and saw your needs. It's that grace. But how can we receive that grace? How can we grow in that grace if we're separated and divided? How can we learn of more of that grace? By coming together, being in the company of true believers, staying together, building together, growing together. Sometimes we might read a word and, and, and think it's one way, but God in the revelation of the Holy Spirit is telling us truth. And so it reveals truth to us. How are we to learn that truth if we're not gathering, if we're not being online church while we can't? gather. We have to be consistent in order to build in our faith. Consistency it helps us to grow. Learning together. But however, I love the way Paul always 
listens. He don't just talk. He listened. And he heard, wait a minute, you're going a little bit to the left. Let me bring you back around. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you. I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to challenge the law for the law is good. But we as humans will break the law, but because of the Holy Spirit, it will quicken us. It will help us. It will strengthen us. It will teach us. It will guide us so that we're able to live the law. So I love how Paul would come in the midst of the believers. And he would stand there and he would teach them. You know, it's like, it's no argument. It's let us sit together and reason together as men. Let me share something. Because when Paul demonstrated this particular love, it was because of the grace that was bestowed on him. So he was able to share it with others. This grace. Paul was accountable to his teaching, and to the grace that God had given him. And he would sit with the other apostles, even though they might have agreed to disagree on some things. He would sit and gather with them. And it was important for him to do that. Because iron sharpens iron. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself, for it is a gift of God, not by works that you should boast. You can't boast about it. It's nothing that you've done. It's just God's love before you was even born. Before the foundations of the earth, God had you in mind. And what he did was he created grace. So when you made your mistakes, he loved on you anyway. Romans 15, 13 says, may God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You ever mess up and all of a sudden you go to yourself and you go to prayer and you ask God, Look, God, I need you to strengthen me. And you feel that power of the Holy Spirit just comes and love on you and give you a little burst of joy just to let you know it'll be all. Because you came and you, you confessed that fault to one another that you may be healed. Pray for one another. That's how God is saying, listen, let's, let's, let's get intimate. Let's build this relationship together. Let me show you what this grace is all about. Let me show you what this love is all about. Let me, let me walk with you. Even when you mess up, it's all right. I'll dust you off because the, the love of God covers a multitude of our faults. It's because of grace. His grace is sufficient. You must continue to do the good work of God. E even even when, when you don't feel like it, even when you, you're weak and weary, you still have to. It don't grow weary in well-doing. That's what the word of God says. We have to remain strong, trusting in God, building in faith. Walking, walking in obedience to the word of God. That's how we hold our accountability. Our accountability is important that we are accountable. And when we're in the company of other believers, it, we are being hold, held in accountability towards each other. Holding each other up. Let the strong bear the infirmary of the weak. We all have 
some weaknesses that's going on. We all have to work out our salvation. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God has purpose for you. He has a, a, a job and a responsibility for you to do. He has something that you can do for him that will fulfill your life, fulfill your calling in him, to fulfill the salvation that he has blessed you with, that you can walk in his presence because of grace because of grace. And, and I love how, how Paul says this, not just when I see you act in obedience, but even when I don't see you, I'm trusting that your faith will sustain you. And that grace, because of the fellowship, because of the gatherings that we have. But understand that because of the love of God, the love that never changes. Then it goes to Galatians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. He says, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile. And not like a Jew, how is it? Then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish traditions and customs. We who are Jews by birth and now sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. You can't work your way into heaven. I remember a song that we used to sing as kids, you, oh, you can't get to heaven, oh, you can't get to heaven in a rocking chair, in a rocking chair. Oh, you can't get to heaven in a rocking chair because a rocking chair don't go nowhere. All my sins have been redeemed. Ah, Y'all don't remember that song? But you, it's nothing that you can do. It's no works. It's just grace by faith that we are saved. It's because of God's grace. It's not because of your works. You can be the most, the most dominant, most intelligent, but if you don't have Jesus in your heart, how can you have a relationship with his father? If you, if, if you don't accept Jesus in your heart, if you don't walk in that grace, if you don't embrace that love, if you don't walk in faith, how can you, how, 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 it doesn't matter how great you are, it doesn't matter how many things you have done for man, it's what you've done for Jesus that counts. So how will they know unless we share that word? So we have to be prepared to share that word, to redirect them like Paul did back to grace. 
How did you make it thus far? Because of grace. How was you able to change? Because God's grace. How? Ah, because of God's grace. It was nothing I did. It was what he gifted me with, grace. So we ought to evangelize. We ought to be examples for Christ. Paul uses the phrase to Galatians to describe the actions of, of the violent, that they made a mistake. You, you, you're teaching differently. You, this, is not what, this is not the truthful word of the gospel. You, you got to understand that it's, it's, not, it's not a religious act. It's a relationship. We, yeah, we come to church. You, you want to know why? Because we love to gather together. We love to learn together. We love to grow together. We do it because we love each other. And the Bible says that they shall know us by the way we love one another. We should be different. We should love people, all people. We should love, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how you look. The love of God didn't matter. He didn't choose me because I look a certain way. He chose me because he just loved me. And I loved him because he loved me. And so it makes me want to love somebody else. Because if you feel with the love of God, it's easy to love someone. If you receive grace, it's easy to give grace to someone else. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 reminds us to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. And who is correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter. Because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And that's why we need to come together. And not indulge in ungodly chatter. But to talk amongst each other about the goodness and the mercies of Christ. The way that he has changed our lives. Our testimonies. Share our testimonies. To prove that God is in me. And he is doing a great thing. I trust in him. I obey him. I love him. And his light is shining brightly within me. And I am so excited to just share that good news with you. The gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want my life to not be an example for Christ. I want to be an example for Christ. And, and I want somebody to look and, and, and want to praise my God because of me. That's what Paul has said. He said in, in the first chapter, he said that they praise God because of him, because his life changed. They watched that his life changed. When he was Saul, he was terrible. But when he was converted to Christ because of grace, now they looked at him and they said, wow, look what God did to you. Look how you change. Look how Jesus brought you a brand new person. Look at, and you're teaching the gospel and you're actually giving grace. When in Saul, you didn't even give us an opportunity to try to explain ourselves. But because Jesus' grace upon your life, now you bestowed it, you share it, you write about it. Paul was unique in his writing, just like David was. David said, he said in Psalms 1, he said, Blessed is the one who does not walk 
in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way of that sinner or take a seat in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And who leaves does not wither. Whatever they do, prosper. Because they planted by the word of God. They planted by the rivers of waters. You plant yourself together by a river of waters. You grow, you prosper, you get stronger. The nutrients of the word of God is developing in you. It's strengthening you where you're weak. It's correcting you where you was wrong. It's giving you ways out of no way. It helps you to navigate through difficult situations. It takes you to your purpose in God, to a place called good. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14 says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that my faith, by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. We need that Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. It helps us. It teaches us. It trains us. It speaks to us, through us. It shares in our burdens. It helps us to grow strong. That, 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 that extra, that extra love, that extra friend, that extra comfort. And that's what the Bible says. The comforter shall come. He comforts you. It's like that cup of coffee in the morning for some people. They need that. Spark them up. It's like the Holy Spirit comes upon you, just sparks you up. Uh, maybe, maybe I should have used a blanket. Or when you're cold, right, when you're cold and you need a comforter, you know, it's cold outside. You open up that door and you go home and you take your shoes off and then you put that comforter on and it just warms you up that's like the holy spirit is that comforter and then you get the cup of coffee that's that extra comforter so it warms you it coddles you it calls you even when you cold it, it it gives you that warm home sweet home feeling because of that relationship because it's a part of god it is god his presence, it gives us that comfort, that comfort. He, in Galatians 3, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit of the comforter. Ephesians 2, 8, 10 says, for it is by grace 
that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. I can't say that enough. It's a gift of God. Not by works. It's a gift of God. Not so you can boast. It's a gift of God. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. It's a gift. Talents. Gifts. It's from God to do good works that he, God himself, prepared in advance. Now, let's get this. God prepared in advance something good for you. So imagine in the course of getting to that place, you mess up. What God has for you is already for you. So you're going to get to it. If he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Because there is a place that he has prepared for you that is a good place. And so his grace will help you along the way to get there. It gives you the, 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 the space. It gives you the time. It gives you the help that you need to carry you to that place called good. But here's the interesting part. Even when you're messing up, even when you're down and out, God's presence is still with you. So you're really being helped even when it doesn't look like it. In your weakest moment, grace, the Holy Spirit is still there. Even in the darkest hour, grace, the Holy Spirit is still there. And you need to have faith in order to receive it. You need faith to please God. Faith to please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 6 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and insurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancestors were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speak even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly Seek him. Faith. Because of grace. We now have faith. Trust in God. Faith. Will give sight to blind eyes. Faith. Will give light in darkness. 
Faith will bring strength when you're weak. Faith will bring comfort when you're lonely. Faith will build that encouragement to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think or imagine. Grace. Here's a story. I'm not going to say any names. It was this kid. He used to play a lot in, in class and didn't do his homework. For that matter, he didn't even study for his tests. Just wasted a lot of time. And he fell, eighth grade, this kid. And he, he got to notice that he was fell in eighth grade. Then he run around and tried to do everything he can not to, but it's too late, it seems like. But then here, it's a parents' teacher's meeting so that they can give the news of this, this kid who failed eighth grade, who won't walk down the aisle, who won't graduate. And this kid, dad, comes and he hears the, the bad news. My son is failing eighth grade. Instead of bringing the, the hammer down of correction or discipline, or chastisement. The dad looks at this kid with a little water in his eyes, a little tear. And he looks and he says, you messed up, but you're better than this. You're better than this. And I know it because I trust in you. I have faith in you. You got to do better. That was a heartfelt moment for this kid. And he looks into his father's eyes. And at that moment, he realized, I can do better. So this kid goes to summer school. It was a summer school program that was citywide. It was a time that they had changed the curriculum in the school district. And so summer school at this time, it was overflowing with, with children who missed the mark. And so they go to the summer school, and this kid works very hard in summer school. But he remembering he didn't get the opportunity to walk down the aisle. And so this kid is working very hard, and then they call an assembly at the end of summer school, and the assembly, the room is filled up with kids, teachers from all over the school district, and they're sitting there, and they're, and, they're, and they're calling out these names, and they called out ten names. Ten students in this overfilled auditorium. And the last name they called, they said, this is the valedictorian of this summer program. It was at Ada Lewis Middle School. This kid was Charlie Jones. The name was called Charlie Jones, well, Charles Jones. And I remember coming down that aisle, and right at that moment, the Lord reminded me, I still allow you to walk down the aisle. I still allow you to go to the next level. 
you are better than this. I never failed another grade. I worked hard in school. Didn't get suspended. I was a good kid in school at that point. Because my dad, he looked at me and he said, you're better than this. God is looking at us all. Even when we messed up, he gave us grace and he looked at us and said, you're better than this. I have purpose for you. Grace, but you got to have faith in order to receive it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you didn't leave us where we failed. We thank you that you gave us another opportunity to connect with you, to grow with you. We thank you that you put around us leaders and teachers that will help us along the way, that will teach us and bring us up right in your word. Lord, for your mercy and your grace, your mercy endures forever, your grace is sufficient. Father, we thank you for the lessons learned. We thank you for the open doors and opportunities. Lord, we thank you for your salvation, your love. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. And at this moment, if there's anything in our heart that does not please you, we ask that you would remove it. Forgive us, Father. Restore us, Father. Heal us where we're broken. Strengthen us where we're weak. Speak to us. Speak through us. Use us for your glory so that others may see our good works and glorify you, Father. Our Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.